Hey guys, welcome to Swerve Church. We are in our series called The Chosen, and we've been tracking with these people that Jesus called into ministry, the people that Jesus chose, the people that he loved, the people that he served. So we've been tracking with the lives of these people that Jesus surrounded himself with. And these people, man, they were the lowly, they were the unlikely, they were simple, they were very needy, uneducated. In many respects, they were rejected and outcast. Yet these people who were outcast and rejected by the rest of society, Jesus welcomed and Jesus loved and Jesus invited. He healed and he saved them. He gave them purpose and he called them. These are the people that Jesus served. I want you guys to notice these two very important observations. The first is, do you view other people with the lens and the perspective that Jesus has? Do you view your neighbors, your friends, your family members? Do you view them with the same lens and the same perspective that Jesus had? Or do you follow the rest of culture? Uh, the rest of culture labels. The rest of culture looks at the people with the, the most followers on social media. The ones that are the best looking. The ones that are most the most gifted. The most talented. The wealthy. The prominent. That's who the rest of culture welcomes. That's who the rest of the culture celebrates. But do you view the rest of the world as Jesus does? Through his lens and through his perspective. The second important observation is do you view yourself through Jesus' lens? Do you view yourself the way Jesus sees you? Or do you look in the mirror and love what you see and think you're the hot stuff and think you have it all together, right? And, and, and thereby concluding that you don't need Jesus because you think you've got it all figured out. Or do you look in the mirror, hate what you see, think you are worthless, think you have no value? Well, I need you to look at yourself through the perspective and the lens of Jesus as well. Today we're going to be looking at actually one of the disciples of Jesus, one of the close followers of Jesus, one of the 12 that Jesus is invited to do ministry with. And as we study this character, I have a feeling, I have a feeling that as we do a deep dive into this person, you're going to see a lot of yourself in him. His name is Peter. Though when we first read about him in scripture, he's not first introduced as Peter, but Simon. We read about him as Simon in, in the Bible before Jesus changes his name to Peter. Now here's the first thing you need to know. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Number one, you need to know that Peter was an ordinary dude, right? He was an ordinary guy. There was nothing particularly spectacular about Peter himself. He was a fisherman. He was a blue-collar worker, probably a hard-working person, just making an honest, an honest living with his hands. It was an arduous job. It was a difficult job. He had to uh, do physical labor. He had to stay up late oftentimes, many times. What we do know about Peter is that he was married. And so he probably had a marital spats, like just like every other marriage, right? It wasn't a, a perfect marriage, I'm sure. It, they had, had his challenges. We, we, we know that he worked hard to provide for his family uh, through, through this job. Uh, more than likely, he came from a line of fishermen because in Jesus' day, whatever your dad did, that's what you did for a living. Right? You would follow the family business. You would continue the legacy that was set before you for generations. Uh, he probably had calloused hands, um, and he probably came home pretty smelly every day. Right? We have some neighbors that cook fish all the time on our floor, and uh, man, when they're cooking... Fish, you know it, because the whole floor, you can smell it. So he probably came home pretty smelly. You know, what's interesting about Peter is that he wasn't uh, particularly well-trained or, or educated the way the elite, especially in Jesus' day, and especially the religious people, uh, the way they were, he, he wasn't. 
He, he wasn't educated that way. He wouldn't have that, had that same level of education. Uh, but from a young age, he, he would have learned the family business. That would have been what was most important for Peter uh, from, a, from a very young age to carry on the family business. But yet this person, this uneducated, this untrained, this hardworking, blue-collar person who probably everybody else overlooked and rejected was seen by Jesus. And Jesus saw the potential in Peter and he invited him to do ministry. You know, we understand uh, this from, the verse, uh, from, uh, from this verse in the book of Acts. We understand this from a passage in the book of Acts. Let me give you guys a little bit of context before we read these verses. And that is that uh, this is after the ascension of Jesus. Jesus has already returned. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit has already happened. And uh, the followers of Jesus that were left, the disciples and the followers of Jesus, are filled with the Spirit of God. And they're sharing the gospel. And miracles are happening. And people are coming to faith. And they're baptizing people. And churches are being planted all over the place. Well, the religious leaders wanted to put a stop to this, right? They did not want for this to happen, and they would flog, and they would jail, they would threaten, you know, all the followers of Jesus to keep it, to try to keep it from happening, and they would even put them on trial. Well, in one such instance, uh, this uneducated, ordinary dude by the name of Peter ripped apart the argument of some of the leaders. Uh, this ordinary dude, this this uneducated, this fisherman got up with a spiritual authority filled with the Holy Spirit and he proclaimed the gospel to some of the smartest, wealthiest, uh, richest, most, uh, uh, most well-known religious leaders that were attempting to stop them and he proclaimed the gospel to them. And as you can imagine, as he did this and as he spoke and he spoke with such authority, their jaws dropped. And then we read this. This is actually one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible. Acts chapter 4, verse 13. It says, when they observed, this is the religious leaders, when they observed the boldness of Peter and John and realized that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were amazed and recognized that they had been with Jesus. These uneducated, untrained men spoke with such authority before these people that it left their jaws on the floor. Jesus saw potential in an ordinary, uneducated fisherman. You know, we live in a culture that elevates the elite and the educated. Uh, we, 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 so we elevate learning, right? Seeking more uh, knowledge and filling our brains with more. And that's who gets prominence, right? That's who gets the higher pay, right? Oftentimes, if you are trying to apply for a better position, it will be dependent on how much education you have received. That's who gets the positions of leadership, the ones that have the greatest level of education. But you see, Jesus is not impressed by degrees. He's not impressed by our intelligence. He looks beyond our head and he looks into our hearts. And that's how he calls. And if you lack education, if you struggle to retain information, if that's a struggle for you, if, you, if it's hard for you to, to learn and to, and to grasp new concepts, I need you to understand this. That is that Jesus sees you. And not only does he see you, he, he loves you. And he can and wants to use you for his glory and the kingdom of God. And if you are listening to me and you're extremely educated, and that's never been an issue for you, you're able to retain much information and you love to read and you have multiple degrees, 
I just want you to know that Jesus sees beyond your education. He sees beyond your money. He sees beyond your resources. And what God calls all of us to is not a bigger head, but a bigger heart. Here's the second thing about Peter that you need to know. That is that Peter was a dude with an attitude. You see, the Bible describes Peter with a huge attitude problem. Uh, He was very strong-willed. He was impulsive. He was brash. He was enthusiastic. And he had a big mouth, right? Uh, So he sounded like like our neighborhood, right? He was kind of like the people in our community here in Bushwick. Big attitude, big mouth, very enthusiastic, very strong will. And sometimes that attitude got him into trouble. Uh, The creators of the show elaborated a little bit on this, recognizing that this is his temperament and this is his attitude, and paints a picture of us of him getting into a little bit of trouble. Check this out. Stay down, Simon. Suck dirt if you know what is good for you. Can we please stop fighting every week? I know you never trusted me, but I love your sister more than anything. I will stop fighting you. You will? But my brother won't. Your brother? You know, the Bible says that we should be slow to speak and quick to listen. And Peter missed that lesson. And he oftentimes got him into trouble and he put his foot in his mouth multiple times. Oftentimes he acted and reacted when he should have just listened or observed. You know, one time Jesus was talking about the things to come, right? Jesus is predicting his death on the cross. He's thinking, he's talking about the... Uh, the suffering that he would have to endure in order to pay for the punishment, uh, in order to endure the punishment for our sins. And he's talking about this with the disciples. Um, and he's very important. This is very important information. It's a, it's a very serious talk that he's having. When all of a sudden we, we read this in Mark chapter 8, verse 32. Jesus spoke openly about this, about all these things we just said. And then l- look at our main man, Peter, took him aside and began to rebuke 
Jesus. <laughs> Peter rebukes Jesus as he predicts and, and, and prophesies and warns about what is about to happen. Peter gives Jesus a, a good chew and out, right? He, he, he scolds Jesus for talking this way, for talking about that. You know, in another instance, um, Jesus invites a couple of the disciples to pray. And at this moment, Jesus is in agony and he's crying out to the Lord and he's He's uh, sweating drops of blood, the Bible says, because the immense amount of anxiety and stress that he was under as he was preparing to endure the cross. And he invites some disciples to pray, but they are asleep. And and the last time when Jesus uh, finally finishes prayer and goes to wake up uh, Peter among a couple of the other disciples, Judas walks in to betray Jesus. You guys know this scene. He gives Jesus a kiss on the cheek and betrays the Son of God into the hands of the Roman soldiers. So the Roman soldiers capture Jesus, and what does our boy Peter do? Look at the verse, John chapter 18, verse 10 says, Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it, struck the high priest's servant, and cut off his right ear. <laughs> Peter is strong-willed. Peter is uh, quick-reacting, right? And, and uh, even though Jesus had warned and forewarned and prophesied and taught about this happening, Peter just reacts and takes out his sword and just chops a dude's ear off, right? And the guy's in pain and agony. What does Jesus do? Jesus tells Peter, put that sword away. Those that live by the sword will die by the sword. And then Jesus stoops down and heals the man with the cut-off ear in front of Jesus. After they took Jesus, Peter had proclaimed that he would never uh, deny Jesus. He, that he would never abandon Jesus. And when they take Jesus away, all the disciples flee. And Peter kind of follows off at a distance. And Jesus had predicted, Peter, you're, you're going to deny me not once, not twice, but three times, Peter, before the rooster crows. By this point in the passage that we're about to read, he had already denied Jesus two times. And on the third time, this happened. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 73, After a little while, those that were standing there approached and said to Peter, You really are one of them, since you, you, even your accent gives you away. Then, this is what Peter starts to do. He begins to curse and to swear with an oath. I don't know the man, he said. And immediately, a rooster crowed. And what we see over and over again in the life of Peter is him putting his foot in his mouth, acting brashly, acting and reacting irrationally. He's impulsive. How many of you are like Peter? You can relate to him. How many of you can relate to that characteristic, to, that, to the way Peter is in this instance where he just reacts and talks and, and is very opinionated and says what's on his mind and, and doesn't hold back and, and just does whatever uh, he feels like and at the moment just reacts impulsively? How many of you can relate to that? Many of you are like that. You, you also have an attitude. You love to express your opinion and, and you're never wrong, right? You're, you always have the right answer. Uh, even even now, you're like, no, I'm not, I'm not like Peter. You, you deny it because you are Peter. That's exactly what Peter would do as well. Right? That's, that's how you are. You can relate. What you need to know is that Jesus loved him. 
Yet Jesus loved him in the brashness, in the impulsiveness. He cherished, he poured into, he instructed, he did life with, he empowered Peter to do ministry. It's important to note, guys, that Peter was strong-willed, but Jesus constantly called him to repentance, and Jesus constantly called him out. And Peter learned and humbly submitted to Jesus. Here's the last thing, number three, that we need to learn about the life of Peter and that is that Jesus invites the mediocre into mission. Anyone else would have overlooked Peter. He's too difficult of a person. He's too unlearned. He's uh, too rough around the edges. And anybody else would have rejected him. Anybody else uh, would have dismissed Peter and not seen the leadership potential that was in him to overlook the potential. Maybe think to themselves, there's too much to work on with this guy. He's a loose cannon. But not Jesus. Jesus saw potential in Peter. And he loved Peter and he called the best out of them. You know, I love this scene here. It is so powerful when Jesus finally meets Peter in the show and reveals himself to him. Check this scene out. Put that down for a catch. A little farther out. I don't have a quarrel with you, teacher. But we've been doing this all night. Nothing. All right. That's your word. God, yes? I am. Depart from me. I am a sinful man. You don't know who I am and the things I've done. Don't be afraid, Simon. I'm sorry. We, we've waited for you for so long. We believe. But my faith, I'm sorry. Lift up your head, fisherman. Anything you ask, I will do. Follow me. I will. You see, Jesus called out from Peter. He saw potential in Peter. He loved Peter. And then once he called them, he began to train and instruct and disciple and to make a leader out of Peter. 
Think about the patience, the immense amount of patience that Jesus had had to have. Imagine the compassion that he had to have for Peter in order to make this happen. You know, there's one such demonstration of this tenderness in the book of John. Let me give you guys a little bit of context. This is after the resurrection of Jesus. And, and uh, the disciples are waiting to, to see him, to, to see the, this resurrection, to see the promise fulfilled. And Jesus appears uh, to some of the disciples, including to Peter. At this moment, I would imagine Peter's probably f- feeling full of guilt. He probably feels full of shame and, and remorse for den- denying Jesus three times. And Jesus sits down, and they barbecue some fish, and they're having a dialogue. And Jesus tells him, do you love me? And he goes on to tell Peter that um, three times. And I want, you to, I want to read with you guys what happened on the third instance. See if you can kind of feel the compassion and the heartbeat of Jesus. In John chapter 21, he asked him for the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And at that moment, perhaps because it was the third time and Peter remembered that he had denied Jesus three times, Peter was grieved. And then he asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, this is Peter's response, Lord, you know everything, you know that I love you. What is Jesus' response to Peter once Peter responds to Jesus with this answer, Jesus tells him, feed my sheep. And with those three simple words, Jesus said, you are so much more than mediocre. With those three words, Jesus reminded Peter that he was so much more than his mistakes, that he was so much more than his attitude, that he was so much more than his impulsiveness. With those three words, Jesus told them, you are not mediocre in my eyes. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You have purpose. You have potential. You have a personality that I have instilled within you, that I have given you, and I love you, and I cherish you, and I call you. Feed my sheep. With these three simple words, Jesus gave a a mediocre fisherman a mission. Who would have thought? Who would have thought this fisherman, this nobody from nowhere, would have an immense mission given from Jesus himself to go and feed his sheep? But what would come next? What would happen from this loudmouth? What would become of this uh, rambunctious um, leader? What what would happen? You want to know what would happen? Well, we read in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 2, after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, Jesus is already ascended into heaven. People are speaking in tongues. There's people all over the place that from all different languages and all different backgrounds are there. And there's many religious leaders there who were who have rejected Jesus, who were part of the, the crucifixion of Jesus. And Peter gets up and begins to do this. Look at Acts chapter 2, verse 14. Peter stood up with the eleven. He raised his voice and he proclaimed. Peter gets up boldly. He opens that big mouth, but this time it's not to put his foot in it. This time it is to proclaim the good news of the gospel. This time it is to share about the love of Jesus. This time it's to tell people to repent of their sin and to be baptized and to follow Jesus. So Peter goes on to proclaim the gospel. He puts that loud mouth to good use. He begins to preach the gospel to everybody that is there, of every language, of every different region that came for that particular holiday during that time. He begins to proclaim the gospel. And boldly he says, you crucified Jesus. You killed Jesus. It was your sinners. It was your sin that put him there. We are all sinners. And we need Jesus to atone for our sin. And that can only happen by putting your faith in him. By the way, this is the same message that 
we continue to proclaim 2,000 years later that we are sinners in desperate need of saving and that Jesus came to die in my place and in your place so that we can experience forgiveness of sin and he rose from the grave so that we can have newness of life and a promise of eternity forever. The same message that Peter got up to preach, we continue to preach 2,000 years later. Well, what happened after? What happened after this happened? Acts chapter 2 verse 40 tells us. With many other words, he testified and strongly urged them, saying, Be saved from this corrupt generation. So those who accepted his message were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 people were added to the church. This brash, loudmouthed, strong-willed, untrained, uneducated man led 3,000 people to surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. What an encouragement for us today. That God, you need to hear this, God wants to use you. And he calls you out of your ordinary and out of your mundane to mission. He calls you to mission. Every single one of us has this invitation. Whether you are learned or unlearned. Whether you are outspoken or shy. Whether you are wealthy or poor. Whether you are young or old. Whether you are introverted or extroverted. Everyone is called. All of us receive a special invite from from Jesus to be in this mission. And this is the call for you today even in your mediocre, to be on mission, in your job, within your friends, within your family, within your everyday life, to be on mission, to tell others of Jesus, your boring job, your mundane life, your same old routine, you are invited by Jesus to be on mission, to to go from mediocre to mission. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I love that the Bible is so raw and real when it comes to the life of Peter. Because if I'm honest, I see a lot of myself in him. And I'm so glad that God could take an ordinary guy like me and a bunch of ordinary people like you and invite us to be on mission. That he would love us, that he would know us by name, and that he would call us out. That's the God that I serve. Let's pray. Uh, Jesus, we thank you that you do extraordinary things through ordinary people. And I thank you that you love us all, different temperaments and and attitudes, God. Some of us are too quick to speak, we're outspoken, we're brash. So God, we pray you would forgive us and that you would help us. Thank you for this invitation. Help us, even in our mediocrity, to live out your mission. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.